Hello, soulful people. This is episode 189 of my podcast, The Wild Edge of Being Human, a podcast for soulful small business owners. And today I have something special for you. I am doing some recordings for my marketing team that are excerpts from my book, Unarmored. Finding Home in the Wild Edges of Being Human. And while there won't be an audiobook for a while, the hardback and digital copies of the book are coming out next week on December 6th. I'm super excited. I wanted to give you all, my podcast listeners, uh, some sneak audio listens. So today I'm going to be sharing some excerpts from the book. They're not in any particular order because I just recorded them. I have no idea what order they were actually in, but I hope they will touch your heart. I hope they will whet your appetite and get you excited for this book that is coming out. I so appreciate your support and your excitement and your encourage and your time and attention to listening to the work that I create that is for all of us on this human journey. So without further ado, Please enjoy these excerpts from my forthcoming book. Is that the right word? Forthcoming? Coming next week book, Unarmored, Finding Home in the Wild Edges of Being Human. A reminder to breathe. Breathe, y'all. Perfect is not better. Polished is not better. Simply showing up is often more than enough. The reason I share my stories in so much of my personal life is because I've realized that I am the other you. You are not alone. I am not alone. My personal stories may be dressed in a different outfit, but underneath that shell, our stories are the same. The essence and the energy are the same. What is that project in which you're not willing to let yourself be a beginner? Where are you making yourself be perfect? This is your little love nudge to remind you to get back up after a fall, get back into aligned work, take one small step forward, keep going, be persistent, rest when you need to, but keep doing the work. Let it be what it is. Perfection is the death of creation and you aren't here to be perfect. You're here to create. Breathe, babe. Reconnect with you, your head your heart, your body, and all your parts. Presence, connection, compassion, breath. These things produce clarity, creativity, courage, and confidence. This is my business plan. This is my life plan. This is my spiritual plan. Get in alignment and then breathe in and listen. When I do this, I open myself to hear the wisdom. Breathe, babe. Everything is working. You work harder and faster. Chasing perfection won't make anything easier or better. Breathe, babe. Get back to reading books. Reconnect with the word and stories and inspiration on the page. Breathe, babe. Everything can change in a moment. 
You are the decider. You are the maker of change and action. You are also a being capable of surrender. And you know that control is an illusion. This is the paradox. Being willing to live in the paradox, being willing to contradict ourselves, being willing to live in the middle of both and, we realize our potential and the possibility in front of us in this moment. I am both responsible to take action, to choose my attitude, and to choose my actions and make a move. I am in control of absolutely nothing. I surrender with each breath and I ask spirit for help and guidance trusting in all my actions, knowing that if everything goes to shit, I am still held. Breathe, babe. What does your spirit say to you when you slow down and breathe right here and now? Listen in between the breaths. Listen to the wisdom that comes up from inside of you. Breathe, babe. Allow that breath to drop below your shoulders, your clavicle, your ribs, your chest, all the way down into your belly, your hips. Allow it to go slow in through your nose, out through your nose. Allow your belly to fill, not just your chest. Breathe all the way down to your toes and listen. Exhale even longer than your inhale and listen. Here's what I hear. Everything is working perfectly. You can't fuck this up. You've got this. Everything can change on a dime and not just for the worst, by the way. Sure, our brain is trained to see that everything can change on a dime for the worst instead of everything can change for the better. Settle in, create peace, create connection, create presence with all of you. Create all the things you value on a daily basis. No more excuses. It's time to get back to the business of being, of being, of being. Three times more being than the doing because the be is more important than the do and it must come first. What do you have to believe about who you be? Reconnect with your whole self and breathe. What you are looking for is already in you. You are already everything you are seeking. Thich Nhat Hanh. Thank you, Thich Nhat Hanh. Breathe, babe. Take this moment and listen to the wisdom that already lives inside of you. Notice different distinctions you hear in your brain, in your thinking, in your body, and in your being. If any of this is confusing for you, you're not alone. If you're wondering how to surrender, if you're thinking that when you're quiet, you don't hear anything, it's all perfect. There, there, silence. I see you. I won't leave you. Breathe, babe. Slow down. Slow, smooth things out and ultimately speeds things up. But how do I slow down with all this stuff on my to-do list? I can tell you all day long that slowing down, breathing, and listening is actually the best way to get your to-do list done, but you won't believe me until you begin to experiment with it for yourself. Be willing to experiment. Everything does not need to be so fucking perfect. Let it be playful. Let it be messy. Let it be imperfect and uncertain. Let it be an experiment. Test it out. Give it a go. What if everything works out? Addicted. We're addicted to the doing and the timelines, but y'all, the timelines are all fucking artificial. 
I can't tell you how to do your life and your business when extra, extra comes up, but I can lovingly and powerfully remind you that yes, you human, you do not have to be supernatural or have supernatural powers. I know there are parts of you that love supernatural powers, but you can, as a human being, decide what you can control and what you can't. And from those things that you can and can't control, you can also decide what you're willing to set aside for a while. Let's engage some curiosity to get clarity. What's important and urgent? What's important and not urgent? What's urgent and not important? And what is not urgent and not important? Here's the fun part. What's not urgent and what's not important immediately comes off your list. What do you really need to do? What are you making up in your mind that you have to do? I'm the boss of me. You're the boss of you. Your energetic resources are important and needed elsewhere. Be practicer. The work of becoming unarmored, of holding all that life brings us and creating all we desire to create is not a one-time event. It's not even a series of events. It's not just about creating the life or work you want, although that was the trailhead for me of this work. It truly is a journey and one without a destination, really. My God, the mind wants a destination. It's not just about peeling back the layers of the onion, such an elementary metaphor for the intricate and nuanced experience of living. This work is practice, messy, ongoing, intentional practice. We don't embrace and practice because we want to achieve more or even because we want to become something that we aren't, like an escape. Practice isn't about striving. It's about our natural becoming. We need to embrace practice because life requires it. Any achievement accomplished or performance completed is just a moment, a blip of time that will pass in the next moment. The dopamine wears off and a new day shows up with different weather and another blank page. The flickering blue lights, red notifications, hypnotizing prizes of your device will glorify the dopamine hits to sell you stuff. But your soul knows that being the ever curious student and the willing practicer will sustain you all the way to the edges of this wild and glorious life. Choose your practices with intention. Know what enlivens you, what restores you, what depletes you, and what entices you to forget who you truly be. Know what invites you to remember and practice. Seemingly mundane practice will create your miracles. Practice the things that cause you to remember. Be your truth. Dig, dig deep, deeper still, beneath the voices, toss aside the oracle cards, the books, the classes, the teachers and leaders, look and listen deep into your soul, beneath all the protective parts, if you look, really look and listen, really listen, you will find the place where the light is sourced, What does your soul know that is your truth? Crossing over. There is this before and then this crossing over the threshold before coming home to yourself, to my coming home. 
I notice my words are big and loose and spacious, and that's the life I want to live. Big and loose and spacious, but with the clear boundaries of what I am available for and what I am not. The threshold from other focused or parts led and fully armored up protecting all my old wounds at all cost to coming home to self. This journey of taking the space to meet so many of the parts of me that I used to despise and fear, to be present and connected with these parts, and to gently learn to create that space for self to become the center and leader of me. This passing seems to be a bit brackish. There is an acclimatization required of body, mind, and presence, similar to the places where salt and fresh water meet. And then, after some time in the discomfort, everything becomes clear and I am home in the fresh water of me. Even slower than that. Against all other urges, she allowed herself to go slow. The drivers inside began to worry that the business would fall apart. They told her she would be behind and scolded her for not growing. Something inside whispered, I am growing, here, doing nothing but breathing and being me. Something inside knew she would trust herself to be where she was, to be only right here now. She met with existing clients and journaled. She had deep conversations and listened to books. She also slept and slept and slept. She sat in the swing and let it hold her like a womb. She let the sun shine on her face, even without sunscreen, and she watched the hummingbirds play and the cardinals feast and her nervous system began to heal slowly, slowly, slowly. No, even slower than that. And it was good. Gentle attention. Starting with gentle attention to some areas of tenderness seems just where I need to be today. Compassionate awareness of parts of me where my drive is stronger than my physical energy soft presence and recognition of all the parts showing up as I make my way through my morning. Some parts are anxious, some are hopeful, some are sleepy and want to check out, and some ache with longing. There is a world inside me and inside you. For so long, I exiled so many of these parts to the dark, hidden corners that I never really knew all of me. Until now, only certain parts were allowed space in my system. Some parts were highly esteemed for their functions and abilities, and others were pressed down because of their fears and tears. Now I'm in a new relationship with all parts of me. All of me is welcome. Building trust and connection with all of me is creating a deep and grounded shift. Calm, compassionate, connected, curious, creative, confident, clear, courageous. It feels good to be able to hold it all, even when it all feels like too much. I'm sending you some of these energies. Heal here. A door to the underworld. The way out is through. A prayer for difficult emotions. 
Make room for your holy sadness. Make room for your benevolent, frantic anxiety. Make space for your sacred, aching grief. Allow the presence with the pain of your burning anger. Be intentional with this. Master presence with these, and they will not master you. When you reject these holy parts of you, as most society has taught you to do, you are rejecting your own self. When you shun these away or press them down, well, you already know how they erupt and disease you. Courage rests between self-trust and your willingness to be uncomfortable. Hello, heart and soul. I see you. I'm here for you. I will not leave you. I am listening. Come inside. Come be with me. Here you will find the calm you seek. Put all of the other sources down and source inside. I came into this world hearing the messages of my heart and soul, fully intertwined with spirit. I could hear what my heart was saying until I couldn't. The world got noisy, as it does for all of us. I don't remember when or how it happened. It was subtle. That slow smothering of self in service of the rules, the opinions of others, and the ways of ordinary life. What was once confidently clear and open became confusing, constricted, and conflicted. But my heart and soul never left me. No matter what walls I constructed or how I kept her fiercely guarded, she continually and gently whispered, and on occasion ached in my body for attention. For years, instead of listening to my soul, heart, or body, I let my head take the lead. Years of heartbreaking moments and relationships made it convenient to escape into my brain, my intellect, my, quote, mindset, and my cognitive capacity. And still, my soul, heart, and body waited patiently. They knew They trusted me to get lost. They knew that getting lost would be the path to genuinely coming home to myself. They knew that learning to trust myself would cause me to completely and wholly meet myself so that I could fully be myself with an open and unburdened heart. Let all your edges be frayed. I see you trying to clean up the edges, shifting and adjusting, trying to make everything just so, fidgeting and squirming in your body and in your thinking, reaching for some perfection that doesn't exist. Come, let all your edges be frayed. Let all your edges be frayed. Let's just be here, here. Life is about becoming human. You are a thoughtful being living a human life. And so, from one human to another, I just want to acknowledge this truth. You are a human. I'm tired of spending life trying so fucking hard to not be human. It's exhausting. Being human is messy. As humans, we crave love and security and belonging. It's not about eliminating your doubts and fears. It's about leading your doubts and fears. Trust your human self. Your humanness is holy. Just for one moment, 
You don't need the validation you think you need. You don't need the confidence you think you need. You don't need the worthiness or enoughness you think you need. You definitely don't need the how-to you think you need. You don't need to gather all the information you think you need. You do need to put down the drama. Decide, choose, and take one step. No more. I was once told by a colleague that perhaps I was too soft and that my clients needed more shoving and pushing. I can be clear, direct, and compassionate. I will not relent with compassion. I won't bulldoze over the roots of the pains and problems for a quick and temporary symptom fix. The world uses force to contort our being, and I won't do it. I'm here for the deep work. I am here for the work that truly creates lasting change and self-trust. I'm here for helping my clients reclaim authority, self-trust, and self-leadership. This means I have to claim my own authority, self-trust, and self-leadership. No more leading from these parts over or under functioning parts, fear of being left or rejected parts, avoiding grief parts, people pleasing parts, good girl parts, shame, blame, and guilt parts, need to know everything parts, overthinking parts, numbing or disassociated parts, fuck you raging parts or doubting parts. I know the quick fixes, fast results, and big cash are alluring. My clients have gone that route and now see and feel in their bodies that they want full body success on their own terms by their own definition. Success is what they want, not just in the bank account or the brain, but in every cell in their bodies. Self-centered. I've come to have a philosophy about being self-centered. Of course, many of us grew up being told not to be selfish, to not be so self-centered. I wasn't taught that there was a way to care for myself that also didn't make me a selfish jerk. And like so many others, I grew up to be an over-functioning, over-giving people pleaser. Over-functioning in that I subconsciously took responsibility for others' emotions more than mine, and a people-pleaser in that it became my way of being, to bend and twist myself in order to be liked. Until I really examined this way of being, I thought I was being kind and nice. What I was really being was a fearful manipulator, manipulating people with contrived behavior and manners because I was so subconsciously afraid of losing connection. My orbit danced around others out of fear of being rejected, and it left me in a world of wonky relationships. I especially did this with boyfriends in my youth and young adulthood, and as a grown woman, I did it in business and with friends. The consequence of orbiting around others was sacrificing anything that was my own, my own desires, my ability to receive, feeling taken for granted, and storing up resentment because I gave so much of myself away. Being raised in a school that taught me to do the dance of goodness for my salvation and taking on the good girl persona in order to avoid losing my deepest inner longing for connection and belongings left nothing of me. 
How could I be myself if I didn't know myself? I certainly couldn't trust a me I didn't really know. I was in my 40s when I really began my journey into what being me really meant, and I began to shift the meaning of the phrase self-centered to self-centered. My hypothesis If I could be truly self-centered, centered in self, filled from within with the love for me that I craved so desperately, then I would actually be the best me for others as well. Being self-centered was actually the most considerate way of being as we move through this life. If I were self-centered, not only would I be my best self from the inside, but anyone who came into my orbit would receive the best of me, the authentic and self-led me. How could that not be the most loving thing I could give my life and the communities around me? Naturally, some people would be disappointed and find me unpleasant. Rejection would be inevitable either way, but I wouldn't be rejecting me. This I can work with. This is the nourishment I want you to have should you choose it. I will never abandon myself. I will never ghost myself. I will always be here for me. I will always love myself. I will trust myself. I will care for myself. I will validate myself. I will see and hear myself wholly. I am here for all parts of me. And this welcoming, this befriending is everything. The vulnerability of criticism and conflict. I've got a little secret. Well, it's not so much of a secret as it is just something I don't talk about all the time. No matter how confident I am, an unanticipated harsh or uninformed critique or contrary opinion can unravel all my armor and razor slice the heart of the little one inside of me. Part of me is ashamed that I seek so much agreement. All these outer layers, essentially my armor, know what to say, they understand projection, and they can receive warranted or respected feedback. But take one step over the line of my adulthood and you will hit my deepest and trembling inner wounds. The Instagram therapy means have me understanding that I might have developed some attachment stuff growing up. Parts of me can be so sensitive to conflict and criticism. In these moments, even though I logically know the conflict or criticism isn't personal, my protectors are relentless about their job of making sure I don't get hurt that way again. I've learned to slow way down in these moments, mostly. My once unregulated and unfiltered rage that would erupt when I was afraid has now been discovered for who she really is. It wasn't until five years into my second marriage and in my early 40s that I met and understood this part of me. One day, in a fight with my husband, I felt the heat of rage rise up in my body, my armpits sweating and my jaw crushing my teeth together and my eyes narrowing with heat. And instead of engaging in round after round of our typical arguments, I paused. I read a marriage book once that said, when you feel the familiar pull of the same old fight with your partner, stop. Stop. That made sense. And for the first time in this fight with Bill, I did. I paused my rage and I told my husband I needed a time out. 
I slowly backed into the bathroom and I sat on the edge of the tub and I just listened within. There alongside my slowing breath, I heard her, the little one inside who said, I'm terrified, just so afraid he'll leave. All men leave. The rage, the wars I perpetuated were simply a front for the vulnerability and tenderness I felt. That little one and her protectors were not 40-something. They were very young and scared. I just sat there with this little frightened one for a moment, breathing together, being together. Me and my terrified, tender part who was so scared of being left. I let her know that I would never leave her. There on the edge of the bathtub, I was able to connect and care for this part of me, and she began to relax. After I came out of the bathroom, my energy and demeanor shifted. I told my husband that I wasn't angry. I apologized for my vitriol and loud words, and I confessed that I was just deeply scared. At that moment, both of our shoulders dropped and all the weapons that we used to defend ourselves were released. I'll never leave you. You're my wife, he said, genuinely, as if it was absurd for me to consider he would go like the others in my life had over and over. The little one inside is a lousy interpreter of meaning. She seems to automatically think that any displeased person, any disagreement or perceived criticism equals danger, and so she hides while my raging protectors fight. These days, I'm the full-body noticer of all of this, and as I notice these parts have their squabbles, I am most often able to just be there, in the center, grounding and calming these parts down, not with some wise words or by obliterating them into the shadows again, but by simply being there with them in full presence, open heart, curious intent, presence listening, hearing, grounding, meeting, and being with all of me. Thinking feelings versus feeling feelings. Note the distinction. The brain wants to think feelings. Your body may or may not want to actually feel your feelings because it can be unfucking comfortable But there is both a language of emotions and a sensation of emotions. Wisdom is in the partnership of the two. Note to self and to you, keep learning the sensations of your holy emotions. Learn to speak with them and even more, listen to the wisdom they share, both in body and thought. It feels both exciting and... A little um, nervous. Do I feel nervous? What is the, like a little vulnerable to put this work out into the world? What I do know is that when I was around 19, I knew that I would be an author. I knew that I would write books. That dream. I remember at the time, um, actually, I was like, I want to be the female version of Wayne Dyer. How cute is that? Today, I just want to be me, Allison. And I know that writing and sharing my heart and showing my work has, it's the work I came here to do. 
And so I am thrilled and honored and delighted and nervous about releasing this book, my book, written from my soul over the last few years out into the world. The release date is December 6th. That's a Tuesday. I hope you are on my email newsletter list. Um, we are going to be doing, here's, here's what we're going to be doing. We, here's what I want from you. <laughs> Let me ask for help. This is hard for me to do, but I'm going to ask for help. My request is that you buy the 99 cent Kindle copy and you buy a hard copy. Um, the hard copy is a gorgeous piece of art and the Kindle piece, the reason I want you, we're going to price it for 99 cents the very first week. And yes, I used to be somebody that would make fun of and poo poo the people who, um, did the whole get to be number one on Amazon. And that was until I wrote a book. And I have no doubt that asking you all for help is some version of contriving the algorithms Um, because what you'll do is you'll buy the 99 cent book and then you'll write a review. I will be sending my email a list. Actually, am I sending that to my email? No, I'm sending that to my early book reviewers on how to write a good review. But you're going to write a review. Um, Frankly, if you hate it, please just keep that to yourself, right? Um, you're going to write a review that very first week. Um, and yes, all those 99 cent purchases will help propel me to the top of some category. I'm not my book publisher and their marketing department have picked out various categories, but hopefully it will bring me to the number one. When I think about being number one for me, it's not something that I'm interested in. But when I think about my book landing in the hands of people who don't know me right now, when I think about the possibility of this work and the permission introduced in this book, when I think about the compassion and this style of personal growth and inspiration and permission and parts work landing in the hands of somebody who has also been traumatized by the personal growth world, by religion, by society, that makes me want to do whatever I can to make the top lists. By the way, even books that end up like on the New York Times bestseller list, you think that their publishers don't maneuver pieces to get their authors promoted? Absolutely. It's all the various moves of chess. So I'm going to ask you to play chess with me next week, um, the, the second week of December. So the book comes out with December 6th. I'm going to ask you to help me I'm going to ask um, when the book comes in, those of you that buy the hardback, um, it's actually, it's not a hardback, it's a paperback, but I'm going to ask you to take pictures and help me share my heart and show this work and spread the deliciousness that is this book. 
who knows? Who knows whose hands it will land in? First of all, I hope it lands in your hands and I hope it touches your heart in a way that helps you see yourself with more compassion. Yeah, that's my ask. Um, What else? What else? What else? As we close out this podcast. Next episode is number 190. Holy shit. Um, that's close to 200 episodes because we have 10, at least 10 or 11 unnumbered podcasts. Whew, deep breath. Thank you for spending time with me, uh, for sharing, for being excited about my book, for listening to this podcast. I love and appreciate you. Um, as always, not as always, but right now, Solis is open. We have room for five members. If you want to apply to become um, a client and a member of our Solis um, coaching community, that invitation is open to you. You can do that at coachwithallison.com. If you want to find out more about the book and get on the list, you can do that at allisoncrow.com, unarmored the book. Peace out. See you next week for book lunch.